come then for the last time at this period in our studies to the book of Titus and to the first chapter, and we're thinking this evening of the eighth verse. Titus 1 and verse 8, and here are six virtues uh, which are set out for us here uh, to to be seen uh, in good measure in in elders. The the five vices that we thought of last week are are mentioned in the the previous verse, and and we come then uh, to the positives now. But hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, Upright, holy, and disciplined. Readers of medical literature are familiar with diagrams of the human body with arrows appended to them. And so the diagrams help us understand the different areas of the body, the different ligaments, different bones, different muscles, different internal organs of our body and from earliest days we've had a fascination of not only what we find outside of ourselves, our our ears and and our nose but perhaps a greater fascination of what we discover beneath the skin and its function, its role, its different parts, how it connects the one to the other and these diagrams of our body are, are really informative and, and useful and fascinating from us, for us and have been so uh, from our, our earliest years. This eighth verse in Titus is not a, a diagram dissecting the physical body but, but this eighth verse is a, a really compressed statement about our soul and it follows through without forcing this in to the aspects of the soul, the three areas which we commonly associate with the human soul, the affections and the mind and the will. And it gives to us then a a tremendous comprehensive summary of the the virtues which are to to characterize the man of God. In verse number 8, the word hospitable and the word lover of good both contain the Greek word filio for love. So hospitable literally is lover of of strangers and then the second word is lover of good and this is looking at the the affections the emotions of the individual the third word self-controlled or sober if you're using the King James version it refers to the mind The, the word literally means a safe mind And so we have the translation self-controlled. The mind is is managed. The the control is particularly in the area of the thoughts. And and this is another aspect of the human soul. And then the last 
three phrases, upright, holy, and disciplined, are common triplets used in summary of of the character of, of any Christian. And here, again, especially of the elder, upright, holy, and disciplined. And, and so we have in this single verse, this summary of the, the virtues uh, which are to mark uh, leaders uh, within a congregation. These, the, these aspects of the, the human soul delineated for us and, and identified. What's the emotions to, to be focused on? Strangers and what is good. How, how's the mind of, of the man to be? Well, it's to be, it's to be safe. And how's the, the behavior directed and determined by the will to be characterized by? Well, it's to be upright and holy and disciplined. We find these words throughout the New Testament letters used of, of Christians as well. All Christians are to be hospitable, lovers of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. And so we come again to one of our main emphasis in these sermons, that we are not looking for supermen in this election of elders next week, but we are looking for men who have a good level of Christianity. They'll not be perfect men. But they're mature in the faith, refined, sanctified, developed by the grace of Christ. So let's come to think of of this dissection of the the soul of, of elders that's set out for us here. The affections then, the emotions uh, are dealt with first. And and isn't this uh, an emphasis that we find uh, within the the New Testament as it sets out the characteristics of Christians? In that wonderful passage in 1 Corinthians 13, we begin with a a whole range of, of actions. I may give my body to be burned. I may understand all types of mysteries. There are actions which are commendable. There is a mind which is outstanding and comprehensive in its span and range. What an intellect the person has. But the apostle goes on to say, though you have a brilliant mind, that though you, you, you perform admirable actions, what is most important is your affections, your love for God's people. And it's with this aspect of the, the soul of the, the, the elder that, that these positive virtues begins. What does the man love? He loves strangers. He loves what is good. Isn't this what Jesus said to us? By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love. Love one for another. And so this is a a critical point as as we reflect on on, on men that will be, be suitable for this role. Is there love within their hearts? A love for others, a love for what is good. Let us think then of these two words that that begin uh, this comprehensive list 
of virtues of, of elders. Hospitality then, a love of strangers is the, the literal translation. And, and this perhaps corrects our, our thinking uh, in some ways. Hospitality, we can narrow it down to having people round to our house, having members of the congregation round to our house. But that is, is not what the word here means. That can be part of this love. The, the, the word here is specifically referring to a love of strangers. And it's rooted in the New Testament world, isn't it? Many preachers traveled throughout the, the, the New Testament world, taking the gospel to nations and regions where the gospel was not heard. And, and they would arrive at a, a congregation unannounced. There was no WhatsApp or, or tweeting to be done in those days and, and hear a, 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 a preacher or perhaps a, a tradesperson would arrive at the congregation unannounced. The local accommodation uh, was often riotous and, and unhelpful to the Christian life, values and experience. And so a love of strangers what was a critical ministry within the New Testament world to provide board and lodgings for this visiting preacher or this trade person who would be in the vicinity for a number of weeks was a critical ministry. And leaders of the church were to be foremost in that ministry. So in our wisdom or whatever, we've applied this to the elder providing hospitality and we've often narrowed it down to having people round to their house, that the people that they have on their list to provide Hospitality for them and understanding often means having them round to our home. But the word doesn't mean that. It means a lover of strangers. And so the elder is to welcome visitors in the church. Not to hang around with his own family or, or cronies within the congregation, but to to spy out a visitor and, and speak with them and assure them of their welcome, to provide the books for them perhaps, to inquire of their, the reason for their visit and to encourage them to come again. They're to be foremost in welcoming new people within the congregation. They're to be lovers of strangers. Perhaps they will invite them home if they're able for a meal or for a cup of tea. But that's not necessarily included here. But their love is to be there for those who come new into the congregation with a sense of foreboding and timidity. They're to surround them with love and welcome and care and interest. Perhaps you will be able to, to provide hospitality in your home for people. Perhaps that's a, a ministry that you would love to do and, and have people round to your house. And, and this is a, a really commendable ministry if you're able to do this. I was not married when I began work as a minister and, and considered having the young people to my house to be something important for them to chat my, my culinary skills were very meagre 
and I would stock up on pizzas the day before and place them in the oven. And inevitably, in those early days, three or four of us would be sitting in the living room and suddenly the smell of smoke would affect our nostrils. And once again, the lunch had been incinerated. But it was an attempt to welcome strangers Young people visiting within the congregation, coming now and again to the church. A lover of hospitality. Perhaps your style will be to to meet them for coffee at a suitable place. But this is to be the emotion of the leader. That they love strangers. That they reach out. That they welcome that they, they, they're on the lookout of who is there at the church service. That they follow up on them. That they find where they live. That they assure the person that there's a place for them here in the worship and witness of Christ. Again, this is a ministry which is to be true of, of all Christians. Romans 12 verse 13 1 Peter 4 verse 9, Hebrews 13 verse 2 reminds us to, to, to love strangers because some have, have entertained angels unawares. There was Abraham and those strangers came to his tent door and, and he reached out to them with, with welcome and compassion and, and love and, and care. And his examples to be emulated by us that those coming to, to our place of worship to be welcomed and known and cared for and an interest taken in them. A lover of strangers. A second object of the emotions of the leader is a lover of good. And if you are using the King James Version, you will see that it translates this phrase, a lover of good men. It narrows it down. The men's not there in the Greek. It's just a lover of good. The same word used at the very end of chapter 1 is used in this verse. Good. A lover of good. It's broad. It's wide. It's comprehensive. the, The leader here is someone who has an affection for everything and all that is good. We know that Jesus defined good for us in that conversation he had with that rich young ruler who came to him and and said, good master, what what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And and Jesus pulls him up on this loose use of good and, and, and hones in on it and says, there is none good but one, that is God. And Jesus there teaches us that in the proper understanding of good, It is related to God. Goodness and God go together. And this is the idea here. That that the leader loves anything that is good. That is anything related to God. In 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3 verse 3, an A is put in front of the the Greek word. And so it, it, it makes it into a negative in the Greek. 
So it means that certain people are not lovers of good. They love themselves. They love money. They love pleasure. The writer says in 2 Timothy 3 verse 3. But in contrast to them, the elder is a lover of good. What's related to God, what's defined by God as good, the elder loves. Evening worship is good. And the elder loves what is good. The Sabbath day is good. The elder loves what is good. God's word is good. And the elder loves what is good. He's a lover of what is good. Knight, in his comment uh, on this, he kind of uh, expands uh, this this idea, uh, and he says, loves good deeds in people. Not only loves this objective good of of the Bible and, and the good of God and the good of God's day and the good of God's worship, but he loves what is good in God's people. He's the type of man that will see at the prayer meeting for the first time and say how good it is to see you. He will hear of you going on a mission team and he will ask you how you got on on that mission team. He loves what is good. And so we have the the affection of this, this leader. A lover of strangers. A lover of good. The intellect then of the, 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 the leader stated here for us as self-controlled. And here we, we've been emphasizing that it's not the, the dominant emphasis within the, the qualifications here. It's, it's character that's been emphasized in this verse in the virtues, isn't it? It begins with the affections, it ends with the deeds and and hidden here in the middle is this, it's important but it's subservient to the start and the finish of the virtues. The self-control, that is someone who has a safe mind. To save the mind is the meaning of this word. It's found a number of times in the book of Titus. In chapter 2 and, and verse number 2, the older men, uh, that's, that's all the older men, are to be self-controlled, uh, you see uh, in that verse. And then again in verse 5, uh, the younger women are to be, verse 5, self-controlled. So here then is, is another uh, characteristic that is to, to mark God's people, the, the older men, the younger women, they're to have this, this mind that is saved. Uh, the King James Version translates it as sober-minded. The idea is that the mind is managed, it's safe, it's controlled. It means that the person will be cool-headed, good at making judgments, not panicking in their decisions, not jumping to conclusions, prudent, thoughtful, keeping an objective perspective, self-controlled in their thinking, and and this will be reflected in in what they say. 
They won't be always putting their foot in it. They'll be controlled in their mind. You remember the scribes and the Pharisees in Luke 11, 53 and 54, that they were pressing Jesus hard to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. And there was Christ, day and night, scrutinized by the scribes and the Pharisees, pressing him to misspeak in some moments. But he was self-controlled in his thoughts and mind and, and therefore in his words. The elders are to, to reflect that control and what they think is evidenced in what they say. Then thirdly, this aspect of the, of the will is identified in the last uh, three phrases that we have upright, holy, and disciplined. People over the, the past few weeks have been speaking to me about the challenge of this project that we are undertaking in electing new elders. They are finding it difficult and hard and, and a, a, a challenge to be able to, to, to open up God's word here and, and understand it aright and apply it to to the real world in, in which we're living. And here are our actions, outward expressions of the, the inward heart, which are summarized for us in these three words. Upright, holy, disciplined. Perhaps upright, it refers to relations with, with others, that they are fair, that they are open, that, that they do not show favoritism, that there will be a confidence in the decisions and treatment which this person will have towards you. They are upright in their re relation and dealings with you. Holy refers to their relation to God. They have a love for God, for God's people, for God's house, for God's word. They are holy men. And discipline refers to their relation to themselves. They have battled with those inner demons which we all have of greed and lust and pride. They've not mastered them completely, but, but they've subdued them by the grace of Christ to a good degree. They are disciplined in their manner, in their tone, in their ways. The affections of these elders, they love good and strangers. The mind, the thought and intellect of these elders, it's, it's, it's saved, it's controlled. The will of these men, there's a good degree of uprightness and holiness and discipline. One writer says, any man who would serve others must first be master of himself. And so this part of God's word is here to help us, to guide us, to direct us. And we're to take this part, to pray over it, to think of it, to think of the men within our congregation 
and to seek Christ's guidance and direction for us in these days. Every one of us has strengths. Every one of us has weaknesses. And as we consider these parts of God's word and these qualifications set out here, we're to understand that and appreciate that and take that into account in our thinking and deciding. Perhaps you're here and you're not a Christian. And one of the questions that you've wrestled with is, what does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to be a new creature in Christ Jesus? Perhaps you've got doubts whether you are a Christian or not, and and you wonder if you have been born again. Well, this single verse here helps us to understand what the new birth is. It is not that God gives us a brand new soul. It is not that a a new soul comes to, to live in parallel with our old fallen soul, but rather the Holy Spirit transforms us on the inside, changes our affection so that like here, we love strangers. We love what is good. So that like here, that there is this spirit-empowered control of our thoughts and then of our words. And there is a good degree of uprightness and holiness and discipline in our actions. God's Spirit comes on us and transforms us on the inside by His grace and gives us new interests, new powers, affections for new and noble things. It's His sovereign work. And in these moments, we look to his power and his grace to send down his spirit on the infants and children of our church to bring them into his kingdom. We look to his grace to transform those who are older and yet still unbelieving and bring them in to his kingdom that their affections and their mind and their actions will be such as described here that bring glory and honor to his name and his son, Jesus Christ. May God guide us as a congregation as we next week vote for new elders within this congregation.